What's up and welcome to the Espresso with Aaron and Sarit podcast. This is the show where you go for the tips, tools, and the life hackeries to lose weight, gain confidence, and create a life that you are excited to wake up for. Get ready for some tough love conversations that will change your perspective from destructive to productive. We are your hosts, Aaron and Sarit. And we're on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same movement, nutrition, and lifestyle habits that have transformed ours. Hello and welcome to another episode of Espresso with Aaron and Sarita. Today we have a very exciting conversation and Today's conversation is going to be very exciting because we have a very special guest in today's conversation. So without further ado... Hold on, hold on. I want to tell you about what today's conversation is about. So we are going to be zoning in or focusing in on how focus is a massive component of your weight loss results. And it sounds like, well, duh, if I focus, I get results. But we're going to dive into what's not so obvious about focus in itself. And we're going to give you strategies and tools in how do I remain focused? Because a lot of times on this journey, it's easy if you're like me, you're like butterfly or squirrel, or, you know, if you don't get results fast enough, then you want to kind of like give up or throw in the towel or eh, this isn't working for me. And so we're going to talk about the power of intense focus and intentionality with our very special guests whom we love so much. Go for it. Okay. Steven Scoggins is an award-winning, successful serial entrepreneur of multiple businesses, a highly sought-after motivational speaker, host of the hit podcast, Unstoppable. Let's be honest. We call him Mr. Mr. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Um, and the, creative, and the creator of Unstoppable Solutions. Stephen offers hope, encouragement, and empowering education to aspiring leaders and early-stage entrepreneurs in any area of their life and business. And today, we're going to share with you the key to unlocking your potential, regardless of where you're at in your journey or what your starting point looks like. So let's bring him on here. Pow. What's hey. up, family? How you guys doing? So good. We're so good. Okay, so you guys, I'm going to be very transparent with you. On our monitor, okay, so we need to make our studio a little bit better because our monitor <laughs> is here. So for us to connect with you, brother, we're like yeah. here, but our camera's right there. So whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> I got a secret for you. I can help you with that problem moving okay, forward. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Create some unstoppability in all you do. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it, Mr. Unstoppable. It's really great to see you here. Oh, it's great to be here. It's great to be seen, right? I mean, I'm alive. I'm kicking, hanging out with two of my best friends. No, and looking cool. handsome as ever. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been following y'all's, uh, y'all's regiment and on y'all supplements. So, you know, you know, got, the, got that going for me. <laughs> Six pack loading. Yeah, yeah. Six pack is getting there. It's more like a quasi eight or nine at the moment. So <laughs> quasi eight or nine. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of a jelly roll here or there, you know, but that's okay. 
Hey, the key word that you mentioned is follow. So yeah. um, I want to begin by going like by going back with regards to your story. And do you believe just from where you've come from? I remember, you know, when that time we went out to dinner, we just hit it off mm -hmm. and very beef sushi. Yes. And we, we were, we went way back with your story and mm -hmm. you know, like where it is that you've come from. So I'd love for you to share where you've come from. And also based on that, do you believe that someone who is overweight and depressed can get in the best shape of their lives and become successful in everything they touch, no matter where they're at right now? Well, there's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> um, no, no, sir. I mean, I've obviously I've been through a, a tremendous amount. I've you know, I it's, it's crazy. The more and more I meet um, folks out in the public and the audience that started to engage, you know, through social and stuff like that, the more and more I realize that my story in many in many ways is not that unique as far as the beginning point. Uh, the ending point in many cases is very different, and that comes down to choices, right? So. Uh, growing up in kind of a broken home scenario, parents really struggled with to find their own identity and find themselves. Um, led me to be kind of raised by my grandmother uh, until she passed away at an early age. Then ended up bouncing around with my dad for a while. And then meeting my first mentor through my dad's employer, which is pretty crazy and cool. And um, ended up having to drop out of high school to help pay the family bills, uh, which wasn't super fun. But um, you know, I was watching my dad work as hard as he possibly could to do it. And the reality was is he just wasn't able to kind of keep things together. He got injured and then he had bad, <clears throat> we grew up in the construction industry. So there's, you know, when weather's bad, you can't work. And it was just a, a hot mess. So dropped out of high school to help them kind of get stable. Um, then went on to get a, my first chance at building a business uh, by the guy with, by the name of old man, Myrick or Steve Myrick, which you guys have heard before, <clears throat> um, who one afternoon, you know, basically told me said, you know, What's the difference between a rich man and a poor man? I was like, well, duh, it's money. He's like, absolutely not. It's the way they think. And then he asked me something really, 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 really important right after that. He said, do you want to continue thinking like your father or do you want to learn to think like me? Mm. Now, the contrast is, is my father was very well-intentioned, had a good heart, um, but was someone who borrowed, ra rarely repaid. Um, he was not great with money. Um, he was very impulsive in his behaviors <clears throat> where Steve, on the other hand, was very generous. He was very wealthy, uh, worked very hard and was very strategic in his thinking and his behaviors and hindsight being 2020, you know, that first opportunity, I should have known better, <clears throat> but I went on to go and make a bunch of money with Steve for the well, probably a good solid year. <clears throat> and then I did what most people do when they haven't been trained to manage money or mindset or their emotional identity is I tied mm -hmm. my emotional identity to the things that I was buying to impress the people that I didn't know that I even didn't even, I don't know that they cared to be with me or I cared to be with them. And like I spent so much time trying to impress people that was just stupid. Um, and then I, um, five foot six brown head girl came into my life and uh, proceeded to take me on a journey uh, that ultimately led to an identity crash, a financial crash, um, a behavior crash. Now, granted, I had, be, you know, prior to that, I had become a pretty arrogant, prideful little, little uh, man. Little guy. Me. Yeah, little guy. Because I'm, I'm five foot nothing. So, um, you know, but uh, that's what I needed. You know, hindsight being 2020, you know, it wasn't fun to go through at the time. But I, looking backwards, I'm like, I'm so, I'm so glad that happened. Like, and I've had several crushings along the way. 
Um, and fortunately, that particular event led me to being homeless for a little while. Um, it wasn't super long. And to be honest, I probably could have avoided being homeless altogether just by being a bit more humble with my family and my friends and telling what was going on and whatever. But, you know, <clears throat> six months earlier, I was the guy that was flipping hundred dollar bills every time we went out somewhere or buying, you know, buying everybody dinner all the time. And, da, 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 da. and the last thing I wanted to do at the time was admit to people that I had like really, really screwed up. Um, but late, lo and behold, I found my faith. Um, shortly thereafter. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, within a few weeks of that started my first business out of the trash piles that, um, you know, has become uh, pretty successful overall. Um, and I'm like every business owner. Sometimes you're like, you know, you're riding on high, the business is going great. And other times you're like, where's this business going? Oh my gosh, is the world falling apart and all this kind of stuff. So, but that led me to going on and kind of creating that methodology. And then, um, you know, once I started sharing my story publicly, when this is something I think this is good for your listeners and watchers or viewers, I should say, watchers, I'm, viewers. I'm seeing, I'm seeing right here. Look. Yeah. <laughs> nice. There you go, man. Very cool. Uh, well, the, you know, the, the cool thing about it is, is um, I think for, first of all, I want to give everybody permission to, to mess up. Mm. Like, I think a lot of times we, what we do is we, we take the mistake that we made we measure ourselves against that mistake and we measure ourselves against that mistake without taking the lesson from it and just solely tying the emotion to it. Then what happens is you got guilt, shame, and it's just like, so every time you screw up, you you add more guilt, more shame, which creates more impulsivity. Um, it creates more of a, a need to um, like beat yourself up, I guess is the best way to say it. And <clears throat> I had a, a fact just yesterday, I found out a good friend of mine is getting ready. He's getting ready to go through a, a severe bankruptcy. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, and in talking a little bit about it, uh, we really quickly realized that it could have been avoided. Right. And of course he's beating himself up because obviously it's like, you know, dude, I'm like, dude, it's okay. Like it's okay to be where you are. And I think acceptance has been at the core of my personal transformation, both in life and business and career. <clears throat> so accepting where I was at, but not living there, mm. right? Not staying there, not staying in that moment. <clears throat> so I would accept where I was at. I would become radically honest with myself. When I say radically honest, that means, hey, dude, you're making bad financial decisions. This doesn't have to own you. Okay, well, what needs to change? You need to make better financial decisions. Okay, well, how do I do that? You learn from somebody that makes great financial decisions. Like sometimes getting stuck out of a rut or getting out of a rut, uh, the easiest way to get there is by simply just being aware, being radically honest, and then making a freaking choice and sticking to it, Right. And we're, especially in weight loss and, and athletics and trying to, you know, trying to build a physique or whatever your motivations are, um, a lot of times at the core of that, what holds us back more times than not is guilt and shame from when we don't do the right thing at the right time, right? And I, one of the things I've always loved about working with you guys specifically is you guys have the grace for the moment, but you also have the kick in the pants for the future, Right. And I want everybody to live in that kick in the pants because that kick in the pants is what shifts it. And most people don't understand that behavior change takes about 61 days of consistency. Like you make it, all right, you make a decision. Hey, I'm going to go do, I'm going to go to the, uh, hit a box. 
or I'm going to go to uh, hit a gym or I'm going to run or I'm going to swim or I'm going to whatever. You can do that day one. You can do that day two, day three, day four, day 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60. It's not until 61 days that your body and your mind are like, oh, this is my new norm. Before it's like easier. It's not easy, but it's easier. And then you start to enjoy the sweat. You start to enjoy like meal planning and meal prep. Like it's, it's weird. It's a lifestyle. In fact, my a good friend of ours that I've introduced you guys to is Bo Hawkins. And uh, he told me one day, he goes, he goes, yeah, man, you are, unstop- you are unstoppable. Like, dude, I don't feel unstoppable. Like I've got this going on. I got this going on. I want to give up. He's like, no, 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 seriously, you're unstoppable. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you don't stop. <laughs> you don't stop. You just, you find a way to put the, you put your left leg in front of your right leg and put your right leg in front of your left leg. And lo and behold, 365 days later, you've taken 365 steps and you're further along than you were before. You know, so anyone who's in that position of like, can I really do this? Like, is it really worth it? It's not, can you, it's, will you? Mm, Let's go. Yes. Can I add like, so there's a difference between also acceptance because you Mm -hmm. mentioned acceptance and I believe 100%. Yeah. Like you cannot move forward until you accept that Mm -hmm. what has happened has happened and there's nothing you can do to change what has already been. Yeah. But acceptance doesn't mean that you have to simply accept what is handed to you in life. Yeah. So I want to make that distinction really clear so that you're not misunderstood in the way that you mean that, where it's like, I accept what has been Mm -hmm. decisions I've made. I'm responsible. Mm -hmm. Now also I get to move forward and not Mm -hmm. simply accept what I'm handed in life. Yep, exactly. Well, and I would, if it's okay with you, I'll add this to it. Um, I, you know, I, I said this, in fact, the first time I ever said this was when you, we did that private uh, challenge and you guys invited me to participate in. Oh, I had yeah. this epiphany when I was, I was traveling at the time. I was like, hope they don't mind. I'm not in a studio or whatever, but uh, I had this epiphany um, while I was chatting with you guys during that event. And it was all about your, was, all right. So focus, right? Focus by itself. Like you looking at something and focusing on it is going to create intensity, Right. Because the longer you focus on something, the more intense your focus, your gaze becomes. Okay. Most people, especially, and this is, I I discovered that most behavioral problems are more equal to an emotional issue. Like, so I see people who, and I've been, I've been somewhat like this. Like everybody has like, I used to have a bad habit of having emotional shopping. Oh, right. I'm just being honest. Like I like, I like nice things. And, um, you know, uh, I will, I have to now give myself a week or two weeks or three weeks to ponder making a big purchase. Right. And it's a safety precaution for me. Right. Um, that emotional shopping got me in trouble with the girl that created all the emotional stuff, but really the, the problem wasn't the girl. The problem was my security. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so when I look at this, a lot of folks that I see, and I'm granted, I'm not, I'm not as gifted in the weight loss category and the in the athletic categories you guys are, but one of the things I have seen in the business category, in the strategic life category, is a lot of times we take worse care of ourselves because we're actually creating a protection mechanism so other people won't come towards us. Mm. <clears throat> Right. Yes. This is 100%. Mm-hmm. Per, 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 okay. 
This is so true, especially with somebody who has been physically abused. Yep. Yep. They typically go to one or two extremes. Either they go and just get, I'm a brick house and I'm a, if you touch me, I'm going to beat the out of you. Or they go and I'm going to make sure I'm undesirable enough where you, nobody wants to touch me. Right. And I've seen both. Spot on. Spot seen on. Both. 1000%. Um, hey, real quick, for those of you guys who are live with us in the chat, if this is relatable to you, what Steven just said, be, you know, like perhaps you were in shape before and then you ended up gaining weight as a protective mechanism, please go ahead and, and drop a relatable so that we can see you. I'll tell you, Steven, the number of conversations that I've had with women mm -hmm. that, you know, whether like it happened on a conscious or a subconscious level mm -hmm. where they had, you know, used food or alcohol as a coping mechanism mm -hmm. and have, you know, gotten comfortable with, you know, getting their body to a certain point is because they were so hurt by this experience that they mm -hmm. wanted to not be seen. Yep. Yep. And that's, and that's one of the reasons I was going to go with this. So there's this, there's this thing that I shared with you guys last time. And I just, I literally said it for the first time while I was talking to you guys. And now it's become like a signature quote. Oh, this, um, that's such an honor that that happened. Yeah. Before. I mean, it, it is what it is. Right. I mean, I call it like I see it. Um, I, I'm one of those people that can give you a kick in the butt when you need it, but also give you a big hug when you need it. Like that's just kind of my, my mentality and uh, my faith in God tends to help me kind of navigate that a little bit. But um, I discovered like your emotional intensity has to be aligned with your aspirational identity. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Right. Your emotional intensity has to be aligned with your aspirational identity. What that means is the intense emotions that you put into your life, which is directly related to the focus has to be more focused on who you want to become rather than who you've always been. It has That's to be that way. If it's not that way, then you're putting your emotional energy in the wrong direction. And because you're putting your emotional energy in the wrong direction, your behaviors never change. If your behaviors never change, your results never change. I want anybody who's watching this right now, when we're done, you need to go back and rewatch this one part because he just said a lot of things really fast that are very powerful. So I want you to make sure that you get what he just said. Because I fully agree with you and believe that that is one of the biggest reasons why when people don't succeed, they also think like something's wrong with them. Like mm -hmm. it's just that you haven't been given the right perspective or the right tool to say, how do I take what I haven't done well or mm -hmm. my misstep or mm -hmm. my failure, extract the lesson and then refocus mm -hmm. my emotional energy. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that's spot on. I would, I would also say to the audience specifically that we all will deal with emotions on a daily, daily, daily basis. Okay. And this is something I've been working really hard on the last two years specifically. I hired a life coach. It has to be, it happens to be a bit of an intuitive coach. So he has a big, he has the same ability I do to, to read into situations without words being spoken and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Um, but you're going to have emotions. What most of us take for granted is we get to choose our emotions. 
We think emotions happen to us. And the reality is, is the conscious mind chooses the emotional response that happens in any, in any given circumstance. I think a lot of people just don't know mm-hmm. that they have a choice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we're, we're saying right now in this, in this episode, well, us, us hanging out together, you've got a yeah. freaking choice. Um, I'll give you an example. I did a, um, one of our mutual friends just did a, a massive live event at, at our studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, she invited me to come on stage and, and, and speak at the event as well, which was kind of funny because I was, um, you know, five seconds ahead. I was wearing a headset like right, camera A. Where's camera A? Camera B? Camera B? Okay. Audio. Da, 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 da. Took off the headset, grabbed my tool belt and, and went on stage, <laughs> um, which was kind of cool. But um, one of the things that I did with the audience <clears throat> specifically that I just I felt led to do in the moment was something I've been instinctively or practicing if you will. So it started off instinctive, then it became more of a practice. Now it became more of a ritual. Some would call it a habit is the ability to change your emotional circumstance, your emotional response in five seconds. So it's going to sound crazy, but it works. Okay. So here's what I had the audience do. Um, we're, I'm at the tail end of the, I'm at the tail end of the talk and something inside of me said, everybody stand up. So everybody stand up. All right, ask a question. Anybody feeling a little bit like sluggish or down or whatever? Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a few hands. It's okay. I said, who believes we can change this in, you know, in just a few seconds? No hands. Who believes that um, you are a byproduct of how you feel rather than choosing how you feel? You know, again, kind of like no hands, right? So I said, all right, fine. Let's do it this way. I said, everybody stand up. <clears throat> I want your shoulders back. I want you to pull, pull your shoulders back. I want you to kind of just stand up straight. And I want you to repeat after me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> right. You know, cause everybody was like, I don't want to stand up. I don't want to shake hands. I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. I'm like, you're going to do it anyway. Get, get your butt up. Right. So we have her stand up. They throw your shoulders back. And I said, all right, repeat after me. Right. I, I am, am unstoppable, unstoppable. And they were like, I am unstoppable. I'm like, all right, again, louder. I, I am, am unstoppable. Ah, again. I had them screaming from the top of their lungs. And I'll tell you where that, where that specific thing comes from in just a second. By the end of that, I said, now, how do you feel? And the room went apeshit, right? Took five freaking seconds, five uh-huh. seconds. So what I've done is I've now, uh, I don't necessarily go out into the middle of a mall and just start yelling at myself. But if I feel like I need to shift my own self, I will do something like that to get myself awakened. Uh-huh. Um, uh, one of our, uh, one of my acquaintances, Mr. Robbins, Tony Robbins talks about the whole focus of intensity and how energy shifts and stuff like that. And he's spot on. You can shift your energy and your intensity like that. Yeah. The choice is, is are you going to like, you have to be aware, Hey, I don't feel great right now but I know I need to go and go to the box, right? I know I need to go to the gym. I know I need to go for a run. I know I need to go for a, a swim or whatever your, whatever your outlet's going to be. No one feels like it hundred percent of the time, not even people who are in incredible shape, right? I mean, their, their meal prep is insane in some cases, right? It's not about whether or not you feel like it. It's about whether or not you kept, you're keeping a promise to yourself that you are going to do it. Let's fucking go. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to keep a promise to yourself, you say my dream is X, Y, and Z. What are you doing consistently to do X, Y, and Z? 
Because if you're not doing those things consistently to do X, Y, and Z, that dream never becomes a reality. That dream never becomes a reality. Then you end up stuck in place and then beating yourself up all over again. Right? So the trick is, is like in the moment, shifting your emotional intensity in the freaking moment. When you don't feel like doing it, that's when you do it. When you do feel like doing it, maybe that's when you can take a small break. The reality is, is you got to do it when you don't want to do it in order for you to get the thing that you want. The standards, uh, my, um, one of my, uh, he's becoming a a closer, good friend of mine. He's all his, one of his entire presentations used to be all about keeping the standards that you make to yourself, right? Is Ed Milet. And he's like, you got to keep the standards you make to yourself. I'm like, no, you got to stay committed to your dream. Basically the same stinking thing. Like, Either you want it or you don't want it. Right. Yep. Right. There's, there really is no gray area. It doesn't mean that on the journey, you're not going to stumble and fall and skin your knees and stuff like that. That's to be expected. And if you're not expecting that, then you're setting yourself up for a false expectation, which is going to give you more guilt, more shame, and more. it's going to put you back in the other negative circle. However, if I know I feel unloved today, or I know I feel sad today, or I know I don't, I feel jealous today or whatever, that's the moment when I need to shift my emotional state into joy, peace, happiness, grit, determination, tenacity. And how do I do that? I start screaming at the top of my lungs. I am unstoppable. And that's, that's, it works. You can scream at the top of your, top of your lungs in your mind. Right. Um, I want to, can I jump in? Yeah, of course. It's a physio, it's a physiological change that transfers into emotion. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if I walk down the street with my shoulders slumped and my head down and I'm staring at the rocks mm-hmm. in front of every step I take, there's a certain sort of feeling and energy that I'm absorbing and mm-hmm. putting out yep. versus if I stand up tall, my chest is up, I'm looking forward, I smile at people that walk past me, I'm mm-hmm. walking with not maybe intensity, I'm like speed walking, but you know, there's purpose. There's a different feeling that you have. And so that is a choice. So sometimes it's just a matter of, I'll tell you, what, what did you just say to me? Like two minutes ago or the other day? Two minutes ago. The other day we were having a conversation about the greats become great because they learn to embrace doing the shit that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Learn to love the shit that you hate. Mm-hmm. And you only learn or to at love least it. surrender to it. Yeah, because you love the result. Mm-hmm. You want yeah. the result, right? I don't think anybody finds extreme joy in not being able to breathe, being sweaty, their mm-hmm. skin being hot, and their hands getting torn from a barbell. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody is like, yay, I'm so excited to rip my skin so that my unhealed flesh burns Mm -hmm. when I wash my hands in the water. No, it's you push yourself to a limit. You, you increase your intensity, you introduce an intensity into your life Mm -hmm. and you do things that are hard because it makes you better. It makes you Mm -hmm. more resilient. It makes you more ready, more capable for whatever life brings at you. You don't do it because you're like, oh, I'm so excited to be in pain right now. But you do it because I know when I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. It's worth it. Well, here's the crazy part. The thing that is hard now, if you continue doing it, will become easy in the future. Yes. Totally. totally. Yes. New levels, new devils, right? That's right. Um, it's very hard to build a business to a million dollars. And then I was like, oh, I can do this 
again, right? And then it was just as hard to build a business to $10 million. I was like, finally work, 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 grind, grind, grind. Oh, oh, I can do this again, right? Your confidence is going to be built by your competence. You only get Come confident on. Go. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is why this this is why it, in it, whoever is in the inner circle, go ahead and drop an IC. So in one of our programs the other day, I was telling them, I'm like, listen, you guys, like when you play this game right, it is so much more than just the number on the scale. It's the skills that you earn mm -hmm. because totally. your level of competency builds your confidence. I'm like. I'm like, instead of being on this call right now and you following through with your targets, we can all just go to the next, to the, to the closest 24 hour fitness and we can have a sauna party and then we can have a steam room party. And then we can all line up right next to the scale and say, Hey, how much, how much weight did you drop? How much weight did you drop? Right. And like, we can manipulate your weight by 10 pounds in a matter of 30 minutes. However, you very damn well know that that feeling of when I step on the scale because I manipulated my weight through being mm -hmm. in the steam room or the sauna, it's going to be very short-lived. Yeah. Right? And Just drink a little bit of water and you're right back where you were. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's about the skills and the habits and the behaviors that turn to a character trait, I mm -hmm. believe, that make you become confident in yep. whatever it is that you're pursuing. Yep. Short-lived results always come from lackluster application. Yes. Yes. Say it again. Yes. Say it again. I don't know if I can. I just said that for the first time. <laughs> um, lack, yeah. Your lackluster results are going to come from your lackluster, uh, basically application. If you, if you go at something half-assed, you're going to get half-assed results. Um, I'll say, yeah. I think I'll say it, mention it this way. One of the things that I think was difficult for me, because it's been a long time since I've had a little extra weight. Um, you know, I, my, I fluctuate five between five pounds nowadays, but I do the same. I, I have a routine, like, I, you know, a maintenance mode or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I remember when I was, I started getting a little heavier in probably the 1999 to 2001 timeframe. And the core difference was, is I was all work, no health. Mm. I was drinking sweet tea like it was going out of freaking style. Like, <laughs> like two cups of that paper in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, well, and then what I did was, is, you know, it, it towards the tail end, I said, you know what, I'm going to drink water. I drink water so much that I can, I can literally have a blind taste test between different brands of water and tell you the difference. Wow. Like, that's, impressive. but at the time I was like, ah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't taste right. Give, give yourself three weeks without sugar. You will actually taste sugar for the first time. And you'll figure out how nuts and how, how nuts sugar really is. in almost everything that we eat catch up. I mean, it like, I had no idea sugar was in ketchup. Like there's sugar yeah. every freaking where. Um, but the other thing I was going to mention is I underestimated in that moment. Cause I used to, I used to, and this is again, way early, but I used to judge my overall health by the scale. And then I didn't realize that as I was working out, my body was becoming more muscular. And as my more, as my body became more muscular, I was actually heavier because muscle weighs more than fat. Right. So I was judging my weight. Meanwhile, I'm still getting, I'm still getting in good shape. This right? is a huge, I know, like 
Yeah, this, this is a completely different mindset too. the mindset of switching from weight loss mode to body comp mm-hmm. or to getting jacked, because if you're operating in the same way, you're not going to see things as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, I, one of the things I want to give people peace of mind, especially to that person is like, I don't know if I can really do this. Like I've been doing it for a while. I've now plateaued. Nothing's happening. My answer to you is keep freaking going right? Your plateau is directly correlated to your consistency of effort. If you continue to be consistent with your effort, you erase your plateau, period. Your next breakthrough is a byproduct of how resilient you are Mm -hmm. with regards to breaking through to a new level of consistency. Steven, the amount of like, you will see this especially more with like the higher level clients because I mean- I'll put it in terms of weight loss because, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we do. Like, you know, the, a longer plateau is a lot more likely to happen for someone who is more advanced in their journey because their body has adapted so well. Mm-hmm. So, so the mental game and the level of resilience that, you know, you now have to break into mm-hmm. is on a whole new level. It's like swimming in a, like in a different uh, temperature, You know, Mm -hmm. it's like going from the lake to the ocean. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to swim harder and you're going to have to swim longer. Mm -hmm. And I believe that breaking through that, you know, plateau, I also want to talk to you about the crash in just a second, because I believe there's value in the crash too. Um, You know, that's what's going to give you competence and confidence. Mm -hmm. And so many people like, I mean, Napoleon Hill, you know, wrote the book Three Feet from Gold, right? So many Mm -hmm. people are literally three feet from gold. And because they're not, they don't understand how the game works and they don't play the game right. They're like, oh, yeah, like maybe the doctor was right. Maybe this is not for me. Maybe I'm just meant to be big boned, all of that. Meanwhile, I'm like, dude, just fucking push through to the next level. And Mm -hmm. like we tell our people, it's not. It's not about how, if you're asking the question of how fast can I do this? You're asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. But the thing that you really need to ask yourself, and like you said, intensify your emotions and your focus on mm-hmm. is how far do I want to go? Yeah. You've got to tie yourself to the higher version of you and the higher version of you is on the other side of your pain, period. Oh, it's also a matter of why am I really doing this just because mm-hmm. I want to look sexy naked or is there a bigger mm-hmm. meaning to it? Because if there's a bigger meaning to it, I don't quit after 30 days or eight weeks or mm-hmm. six months. It is for the rest of my life. Team, Stephen, I, I told you before, I was like, I might have to roll out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I overloaded myself. So I wanted to be here anyways. And you're such an amazing human. So Gonna, you know, I got nothing but love for you, girl. You I'm a, I, I want to, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that you take, you make sure she behaves on the rest of this call and for everybody watching, I love you all. And I'll see you later. See ya. Yes. Okay. So now we're about to get dirty. You guys, <laughs> oh, when I leave, the governor's coming off. We're going By the way, Stephen, I feel off. like, I feel like you and I, I feel like we have the same personality type. Yeah. Yeah. I th- probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. My question to you is, so 
I feel like the one thing that's not often talked about that so many people are scared of and that is an essential ingredient to the next level or breakthrough or whatever it is that you want to call it is mm-hmm. the crash and how do we handle the crash. So mm-hmm. perhaps if you can begin by, you know, sharing with us a story about, you know, like some crashes that you've had in your life and actually how essential those crashes were to you taking yourself to the next level. I think I've had so many crashes. I almost put a sticker on my head to be a crash test dummy. So <laughs> no, there's been, a, there's been a lot. Um, you know, I've, one of the things that I am, because I'm so driven and my wife said that the other day, um, you know, she, I was, I was starting to kind of get a little sniffles and, and whatnot. And she's like, you've been going too hard, too long. And your body is, your, your body is now going to say, mind, shut the hell up. He's going to take some Michael and he's going to bed. Right. And she was right. I, I have a tendency to push through most everything that comes at me. Um, but I would be lying if, if I said that there are times that my brain, my body, all of it just wants to shut down. So what I've learned is, is in order to appreciate the crash, when you appreciate the crash, what you're really doing is you're surrendering to the rest. Come on. Okay? <clears throat> and we all need rest right now. If in order to avoid a crash, like then you have to plan in rest. Like you put rest. I have a, what's called a replenishment. Uh, I call it a replenishment cycle. Um, a replenishment cycle is, comes down to three things. Where do you go? What do you do? And who do you do it with? And the easiest way to, to answer those questions is, okay, think back. The last time that I feel, felt completely at peace and kind of in a chill zone, I was doing what? Where was I? Mm-hmm. Who was I with? Okay. So for example, um, I know I like time alone. I, when I go and do a three day event and I'm on stage for three days or I'm, cause I, when I go to those events, I'm on, meaning I'm on in the concourse, I'm on at the cafe, I'm on the stage, I'm shaking hands, I'm kissing babies, I'm listening to stories, I'm hearing about transformations, I'm excited about it, I'm joyful for it, and which is a huge energy pour, Right. I'm taking on their energy. I'm taking their energy and I'm molding it back and putting it back on them with better, with better on it, right? That kind of thing, right? Well, when I get to the end of that three-day three time frame, I know the number one thing. In fact, the number one thing that happens with my team is my team is closed. That little part of our business is closed for two days, right? And I know that because they need rest. I need rest. And I become a recluse. Like I might come home and literally just be in bed beside my wife while we're watching Mandalorian or whatever show we're interested in. Right. Um, and I'm not a, you know, we're not huge TV people, you know, but just being chill zone with her is cool. In that same moment, I might be beside the pool, like during, during the summer months, kind of chilling. Maybe I'm drinking an old fashioned, like, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, right. There's a certain place to, understand where it is you want to go. The other thing I'll say this, um, another place I go for replenishment. So where do I go? I go to the movies. Okay. Who do I go with? A lot of times I go by myself. Okay. What am I doing? Honestly, I'm just kind of, I'm letting my brain get lost in stories. So it doesn't think about other things. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I'm letting my brain free. Like, and I go into the movie with that intention. I'm not going into the movie going, well, what if this doesn't do this? And what if this doesn't do this? And what if this doesn't do that? And that, I'm going in like, you know what? 
that stuff can stay outside the door. I'll pick it back up when I come outside. Okay. The whole world is not going to fall apart in two hours. Okay. So that's another place I do. Um, one of our biggest ones that my wife and I do together is we'll go to the North Carolina mountains and we'll go up as high up as elevations as we possibly can. And, you know, maybe we have a glass of wine. Um, there's not a lot of TV watching and a lot of doing, which is hard for me. I'm a doer by nature. So for me to sit still is kind of difficult. It I, I'll tell you this. Uh, most recently we went to New York and it was the first mini vacation she and I had had in three years. So it's been a long time since I even took a vacation of any kind. <clears throat> we were there for three or uh, three nights, I think it was, for a charity event um, for an illness that my wife struggles with. And we were there to you know help raise money and do some other things. Uh, while we were there, we also, my wife was a big foodie. She loves, like, she loves, like, the nicer restaurants and taste, but it doesn't matter portion size. It's like, you have to taste this gold leaf thing on this biscuit that was made with a special flour that's, like, all this kind of stuff, right? And it has to be paired with this drink and, like, you know, so we, we hit a restaurant called Ocean's, which was fantastic. Um, anyway, I say all that to say that it took me two days to decompress to actually be present in the actual, um, in the actual getaway which means I got a whole day and a half where I was chilled out with my wife. You see what I'm saying? Like you've got all these different nuances. Like there's, so your replenishment plan has to have those three components. Where am I going? What am I doing? And who am I doing it with? It may be, I'm going to sit at my bay window and on a little bench and I'm going to read a book and stare out into the sun and I'm going to be completely by myself. Right. It may be, I'm going to leash up my dogs or cat or bird, whatever you want to have, whatever you can leash, right? And go around and literally walk around and just enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the nature, and maybe going on a hike, right? In order to make the most out of the crash, you have to find that replenishment zone. Now, hindsight being 2020, right? You can prevent a lot of major crashes by actually having intentional replenishment. Mm-hmm. So six days on, one day off, whatever, whatever your thing is. But during the six days on, you're on. Like have that, set that intention, set that standard. And when you're setting your standard for rest, your standards rest, period. So good. Okay. I want to, I want to talk to you about a couple of things because there is a lot of wisdom in, you know, in just different levels with regards to what you're talking about. And I want to touch a little bit on and I can, I can speak from my journey and I can also speak from some of our clients' journey. At first, you must play the game of competence with mm-hmm. regards to like, no matter what, hell or high water, be bullish with regards to doing everything that you can to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Now, I share this from my own journey. You know, like I used to be, the lazy person. I used to be the person that had no control over her emotions, her foods, um, you know, anything along those lines, right? So like, when you play the game of building temperance, it's really important that you are intentional and that you learn to be consistent. Mm -hmm. Now, once you start to really make headway with regards to your progress, and like, everything around you shifts. You look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, dude, I'm not the same person. 
you know, your circle starts to change, your mm -hmm. standards start to change, you know, you also get really attached to mm -hmm. the things that made you become that person. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember just from my own journey, having gained wisdom, you know, like there's also a fear involved in letting in, in just letting go off the gas pedal so mm -hmm. hard because that's the thing that made you. Yeah. And what Steven just touched on is intentionally setting up a long, long term pace. And I want to bring up this conversation because it's important for each and every one of us to understand which point in the game we're at. Now, regeneration is, is always a part of the foundation However, I want to bring this up as well, because something that we always talk about in our programs is like the harmonization. Like if somebody loves brownies or like mm -hmm. beer, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's find a way to keep this in your life. Now, of mm -hmm. course, you know, if you drink 10 beers a week, then that's not the standard that's going to get you a six pack. You know? <laughs> know. So it's going to get you the wrong six pack. <laughs> right. So we're, we're going to make sacrifices. However, after you've played the game, for quite a bit of time, I mm -hmm. would say like beyond the six months mark, like beyond the mm -hmm. one year mark, it's like, okay, like, how do we learn to, you know, like, find a way to keep it in, while also living a life of temperance and being strict? Do you agree that it is important to be strict with regards to your behaviors in order to get to the next level? The short answer is yes. Let me explain why. Mm -hmm. um, there are in most places in the world, there are four seasons a year, right? There's a spring, there's a winter, there's a summer, there's a fall. Okay. Um, when you set out to ultimately do something powerful and really do something that shifts and most people also understand, also under, uh, underestimate this as well, which is when you go and shift and truly transform, it causes other to transform. Okay. So there's a, there's a, there's a byproduct. It's almost like an oak tree, right? You're an oak, an acorn, you become an oak tree. All of a sudden now you're throwing acorns out all over the place. And then those become oak trees. Okay. Uh, it may be your immediate circle. It may not be your immediate circle, but somehow your radiated volume, your radiated efficiency, your radiated higher self, your God version of you, what he created you to do and be and become when you become that thing, that thing radiates love, light, joy, peace. Like it, it just boom. Right. But in order to get there, yes, there's a long game. I look at everything in cycles, much like seasons. Seasons are cycles, okay? There is a time <clears throat> where you are going to have to get crap done, okay? Period. Um, where you're going to have to push yourself out of bed, put, if, push yourself into bad weather if it need be to keep to stay on track with your goals. Um, say no to a friend that wants you to go out and party the night before because you have a big workout the next day or whatever that's going to be like. You're, you have to set the standards based on your dream, aspirational identity, which I brought up before, okay? At the same time, after you push for a while, you're going to have to have that rest, that replenishment, that, which is another version of cycle, okay? During the portion of rest and replenishment cycle, what often happens is you still have to keep a maintenance mode on. Yes, let's... Okay? So I'll give you an example. My current maintenance mode is one month heavy, one month light, low reps, like heavy, heavy weight, low reps, next month, light, a lot of reps. Okay. It allows my, my joints to kind of get, start to feel a little better. Right. It allows me to kind of just like stay in a, a 
I would refer to a kind of a, a good physical shape for the most part. Um, now it doesn't mean that when I'm in maintenance mode, I get, I get a little like, man, I'm not swole. Like I was, you know, cause you know, you lift heavy weight, you blood flows and everything you like. It's the same concept, right? So commit the, commit the six months, maybe go six months, hardcore, six months of taking every, every piece of advice, um, that you and Aaron bring up and say, Hey, do this, do the hard thing first, by the way, just a side note, the very thing that you don't want to do is the thing that creates the transformed you. Yes. No matter what it is, right? I don't want to go and do this meeting. I guarantee you go do that meeting and that meeting is the thing that, that shakes something loose. I don't want to get up and, and do this meal prep or I don't want to go and do this. It's, it's the thing, right? If you do the hard thing first, everything that follows behind it is actually easier. Yes. Which is kind of nuts, right? The biggest frog. Yeah, exactly. But if you go back and look at the entirety of the thing, go six months hardcore, six months maintenance, six months hardcore, six months maintenance. But never, but never like if you're trying to get across country, right? When you get on a highway, it's pedal to the metal. And if you're like me, you probably drive a little over the speed limit, right? Maybe a lot over the speed limit and you're zooming, right? As soon as you get into a small town, right? You don't stop necessarily unless you have to go potty, of course. That's a side note, right? But you're, you don't stop. You just you just go less fast, mm-hmm. right? It, which is easier on the car. You look at a, I've, I have a, a, a couple of vehicles, but one of the ones that I have that I enjoy driving is my Ford truck, okay? My Ford truck's got a V6. America. Yeah, let's go, okay? My Ford truck has this, this thing in my dashboard that will say, you're at peak energy level. Like you go really, really fast. All of a sudden you're sucking a lot of gas, right? You stay within this zone, you're going to get the most fuel economy, right? There's a time that you have to hook the truck up to, to pull something to get something moved. And there's another time you just, you're just kind of ch- chillaxing down the highway, enjoying the scenery. Right. But you never stop driving. Like you, you don't so stop until you get to your destination. Oh, so good. And then when so you get good. to your destination, nine times out of 10, you're already saying, well, I got to California from North Carolina. Now where am I? Oh, I'm going to Oregon next. Let's go check out Oregon. Okay. Let's go check out Montana. Like, I don't know. That's, I look at it in cycles and seasons. And I've learned to surrender and shift. I surrender to where I'm at. I surrender to what needs to be done. And then I give myself the time, the energy, the the focus, the mentality, the peace to shift my identity. To shift. Because you're shifting gears, right? You're shifting gears. You're shifting from the old you to the new you. And then you're going to do it again, again, and again, and again. I actually believe... Um, outside of serving the person you used to be, I also believe that one of the other greatest purposes in life is becoming all you can be. Come on. You see what I'm saying? Like, who the heck told you you can't do X, Y, and Z? And why? Why? Why do they have the authority? My father said one time, and he he meant well. He loved me. He meant well. Um, But he said, Scoggins don't get ahead. They get by. Mm. Because his experience had always been, well, I try really hard, it all falls apart. Not taking ownership for his actions, his behaviors, and his thoughts. Something inside of me said, that, that just doesn't feel true. Like I, could, I had no proof of it, but it didn't feel true. Right? And then obviously running into old man Myrick shifted it. And then, you know, I built a business to 1 million, and then from there to 10 million, and then from there to 50, and then 50 to 80. And be, like it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we give ourselves so many outs that we never actually fully become who we could truly like if there was no limit, 
if there was no limit on the planet, who would you become? Financially, physically, relationally, who would you be? Who would you be? Write that person on a paper. Write a letter to that person. Tell that person to come to you. Hey, teach me everything I need to do to become that person. Like, for lack of a better word, quit screwing yourself. Quit screwing. All these other things don't serve you. What serves you is health, wealth, and relationship and spirituality. Those things serve you. Those things create you. Those things give you emotion, the emotional intensity to do hard things, emotional intensity to love yourself when you, when honestly, historically, you wouldn't have. Give yourself grace when you need it. Give, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent now, but I can't help myself. Like, you can be more than you think you can be. So stop trying to put a, a, a limit on who you think you can be. Take the damn top off and get to work. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. And, you know, like when you ask that question, because I've worked intentionally really hard over the last 10 years to, mm -hmm. to train myself to come out of it. Now, because mm -hmm. it is so deeply rooted within us, mm -hmm. you know, I can almost certainly guarantee that initially when you ask somebody that question for the first time, the mm -hmm. first thing they say is, but. Everything right? after the but doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so my next question to you is talk about the power of mentorship in allowing you to like push through to the next level. Yeah. Like, How did your mentors help to rise you up? I was actually just thinking about this as you were even talking about that. Um, one of the most successful programs on the planet is a 12 step program. Okay. For people that struggle with various levels of addictions. Okay. One of the, in fact, I would dare say one of the most powerful things that that does outside of just giving a framework around it is there's always an accountability partner. And that accountability partner is always further ahead than you are on that same, on a similar journey. Okay. To get going, you are not going to want to do the things that you need to do in order for you to get to your goals. You're going to have to have somebody put you, put their foot in your butt and push you forward. Okay. Yep. Once you've done that enough times, all of a sudden that becomes a bit more habitual and then you start doing it yourself. And then lo and behold, you get to turn around one day and say, Hey, I remember being exactly where you are. Um, yeah. My mentor had to put his foot, his or her foot in my butt on a regular basis. Here's my foot in your tush. Let's go. Right. In order for you to get to where you're ultimately going to get to, you have to be getting insights and wisdom from people that have already done it, got the t-shirt, have the experience. Like I don't listen to any, like I won't use a, I won't use a, I'll use a hypothetical. Let's say that you're a very successful entrepreneur, very successful teacher, very successful, I don't know, um, lawn, landscaper, whatever. You're very successful. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yet you go to, you go to your, um, you know, your Easter or Passover or whatever, like little social function and your family's there. Okay. And all of a sudden your, your uncle James comes up or aunt, aunt Jamie comes up or whatever, comes up to you and says, you know, I, you know, I, I you know, that just can't work. It just, it can't work. What? It can't work. Are you going to listen to them? No. Uh -huh. I'm going to go find the mentor that's done it. How did you do it? Teach me Obi-Wan, right? One of the things that I see that gets in people's way a lot is really two things. Actually, it's two things. 
first of all, it's having the, this is, the, this is where you're lying to yourself. Okay. Um, they lie to themselves and say, no one knows me like I know myself. That's a complete crock up. Yep. Right. Because you are only living from the inside out. You don't see what the, everybody else sees. They don't see, you don't see your imperfections. You don't see your emotional outbursts. You don't see your attitude. You don't see your pessimism. You don't see any of that stuff. Okay. Right. That's right. The only way you get awareness of that is having somebody that you can trust, bring that up to you and challenge you with it in a healthy, respectful, character driven way. So if I want to make a hundred million dollars, I'm not going to go hang out with a person who's digging ditches and asking for financial advice. Okay. Not saying that you can't make a lot of money digging ditches. You can, but you probably won't do it with a shovel in your hand. Not saying that there's not time and a place for you to have a shovel in your hand. But if I want to go do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to find the people like what, here's one of the things that bug that bugs me. Um, in the health and wellness space that I see. I see people selling health and wellness products that clearly, clearly, clearly are not living up to their own teaching, right? They're, they're not doing their own workouts. They're not doing their own meal prep. They're not drinking enough water. They're not actually getting enough rest. They're not, they're not socializing with, like, you know, you see what I'm saying? Your, your tribe will change as you allow mentorship in. And the oh, shift, the shift between on. getting there comes directly down to whether or not you are ready for the mentor to appear. There is truth in that. If you're going to be stubborn, I've, I have poured myself into so many people who have like, I know myself, you don't know me. I'm like, you, you're, you're stupid. Like you're, I'm you're here pouring friend. myself into you. I have done the thing that you're telling me you want to do, but you're, you're listening to this person over here who lives paycheck to paycheck. Okay. Yeah. On your part, that is dumb. Yep. You see what I'm saying? So if I'm going to listen to health and wellness experts, I'm going to listen to people like you and Aaron, right? I know you care. I know you I sincerely want to serve the people. I know that you're not going to put your people in harm's way. I know you're going to push them when they need pushing and love on them when they need loving on, right? If I'm going to listen to financial advice, I'm going to find somebody who makes more money than I do, right? I'm learning that right now there's a whole other game of tax stuff that I didn't even know existed. Turns out I've been paying way too much tax for way too long. You see what I'm saying? Like there's always somebody to teach you, right? I think I've mentioned this to you before. I, um, there's something called the mentorship matrix that we share on some of my content um, that I actually learned a lot, of the, a lot of the parts and pieces from a guy by the name of Doug Stewart. He did a TEDx talk on it. Um, the mentorship matrix is a four-part component of mentorship, okay? Mentorship number one is an aspirational mentor. That's you studying somebody else's content that you aspire to be, okay? Then you have a peer-to-peer -peer mentor. That is somebody that's going to hold you accountable. That's that person we just talked about, like in the 12-step program. Like who in your group, outside of you and Aaron alone, who in your group can tag team and hold each other accountable, right? Account I'll tell you, accountability buddies are a big thing mm -hmm. in our programs, in every program. It has to be there. Yeah. That's, that's why your results, your, your all's results or your ability to get results the way you guys get it is second to none because of stuff like that, right? You got a historical mentor, which is all books. These are people that have passed away, but get, have lots of wisdom left over. And then you got the, what we call the virtual mentor. It's like anything you can watch video wise, right? Like there's lots of different ways to learn content. Never has it been easier in the face of the planet to learn information. Okay. However, if you learn so much information that you take no action, you're actually serving yourself improperly. 
Learn it, do it, learn it, do it, learn it, do it, learn it, do it. Don't learn it, learn it, learn it, learn it, learn it, learn it, learn it. And you just, your whole head's full of information, but you have no application. That's just foolish. In information zombies, and mm -hmm. Costello calls them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Team all the shit, don't do nothing about That's it. Right. That's right. Sorry, God. I keep going on rants. <laughs> I know listen, we're over time, but I can't help myself. <laughs> listen, this, this community knows our rants. It's because you're in a flow, because you're in a state of service. And that's what mm -hmm. I appreciate about you. You know, oh, like you. the higher power is speaking through you because you're just here to serve and you're here to add value. And listen, oh, thank you. We, can, we, can, we can go on tangents for literally 12 hours. Oh, we and, did it. <laughs> and keep going. Um, and yes, you are going to be at our next live event too. Um, uh, ES Army, we don't have anything planned yet. So no questions with regards to that. However, when it will be coming, we'll let you know. Now, uh, Stephen, for anybody who wants to learn more from you, what you do, what you're about, what is the best place where somebody can get a hold of you? Yeah, so one of the things that I do uh, is I encourage people to take the free stuff first. Okay, so yeah. free stuff meaning... Go check me out on YouTube, Steven Scoggins. Go check me out on Instagram, Steven underscore Scoggins. Uh, go to stevenscoggins.com. Like just peruse and see if what I do and what we stand for and who we're trying to serve resonates with you. And if it does, obviously go ahead and give a follow on all those things. Okay. And then, um, you know, take advantage of some of the free resources we've got and we can start a conversation, get to know each other a little bit better. But I always encourage people, especially when they're new to, different uh, thought leaders or people that are kind of in that space to always test their content first. Cause that's how you get to see if they have integrity and character. Um, there's nothing worse than getting six months into all kinds of different things with different platforms and realizing that they don't have similar shared values. So uh, my values are very, very simple. Uh, serve people, treat people how you want to be treated, help people all the way you can teach them what you now know that you didn't know then that you know now. Um, and be as be and my wife would say, be the hardest worker in the room. She thinks I stole that from the rock. That's probably true. But, uh, the reality is, is I, you know, go after it, like get after it. I mean, that's, that's kind of the deal. So that's probably the easiest way. I know I, again, I would just went off on a baby rant again. I couldn't help myself. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's because you're passionate and I'm going to drop it in the chat at Steven Scott. You guys drop some hearts for Steven. If you Aww. found value in this, and I know that this conversation can like it speaks to so many areas of life and this is what i tell everybody i'm like weight loss is has the same principles as life principles mm -hmm. you know it is just applying it in in a different format so there's so much wisdom in this conversation and i just want to say you know thank you for all that you do for how you serve god and you know for who you are to this world and ES army. I don't know if you can see all these hearts. I'm yeah, I can't. I, that just, uh, I, I, I okay. didn't realize it was a comment, but I probably could have said hello to people more often. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They <laughs> Sorry love guys. You. They love, we love the hearts. Thank you for the love. This is the most incredible community is for sure. The most generous, the most heart centered community. I appreciate each and every one of you keep going after it, keep pursuing yourself. And if you face criticism, know that this is just a part of the game and this is why it's really important to stay connected with like-minded people who actually know what the heck they're talking about. Steven, thank you so much for your time today. You guys, thank you for joining us today. 
If you found value in this conversation, share it. Go follow Stephen, and we will see you all on the other side. Take care, everybody. Bye, Stephen. Thank you. See you guys. So good. Much love.